Today, in current events from a Christian perspective, Biden's energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, wanted to show how amazing electric vehicles are by traveling across the South from Charlotte, North Carolina to Memphis, Tennessee. Unfortunately, every once in a while, you have to stop to charge this electric vehicle. So she sent a gasoline-powered car ahead to block the charging stations so that they, in their caravan, wouldn't have to wait when they got there. Sadly, this prevented a lady with a baby and a guy with a BMW from charging. So the lady called the police. Don't worry, everyone. This clean energy thing is going great. Meanwhile, in Florida, electric vehicles are apparently spontaneously combusting because salt water from this latest storm apparently shorts out the battery. Oh, and did I mention that once an electric vehicle starts burning, you can't actually put it out. You just have to wait for it to finish. So that's cool. Finally, we check in with Apple because Apple received a surprise visit from Mother Nature. You know, that mysterious godlike force that apparently really wants you to do better or else, I guess. I, and then she might destroy everything anyway. We don't really know. We'll look at that. We'll look at all that and more today. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. I'm your host, as always, Matt Odegaard. Really appreciate you stopping by today. If you haven't already and you want to hit the like button and the subscribe button, the share button, you can leave a review. Those really help. Uh, of course, if it's good, if you just hate all of this, throw your phone out the window because you don't need it anyway. If you are listening on audio, I love you. If you want to see the video, there will be a couple of videos today. You can get them at churchpublic.com or you can go to probably the YouTubes is where it'll be. I mean, we'll start there. Who knows what will happen in the end. And then if you feel like supporting, because this is a labor of love, you can go to churchpublic.com support. All right, let's get to some news. All right, so, you know, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to share this story, but, but it's kind of too good to share. Like, it is just too good to share. So... Um, there is a new and novel translation of the Bible. You, you guys know I've talked about before, like I, I really appreciate Bible translations. I have, uh, they're behind me. You can't quite see if you're, if you're looking on video, they're kind of behind and down that way. But I got a lot of translations of the Bible. I, I really, really enjoy um, the translation process. I, I do read it in the Greek and the Hebrew when I can. Uh, I'm not the best at that. Uh, I'm better at Greek than Hebrew. Um, funny story, the, the, the semester that I took Hebrew in, in seminary was the time when I had my second child. So I had two children under two, and I was also taking Hebrew, and it just... It was more difficult maybe for me. So I go back. Actually, I've been in the process of, of reviewing my Hebrew, but that's not really the point. The point is this new translation has come out because I love a, a translation. I, I want to see um, how accurate it is, how good it is, how faithful it is to, you know, the 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 actual languages that the Bible was written in, because obviously, you know, it wasn't in, in English. So I, I want to know about these things. And uh, and this one. <laughs> well, this one, this one is not a good translation. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be forthright right at the beginning. So don't, don't use this for Bible study. Don't use this. Really, don't, really don't use this for anything other than. I, sometimes you just have to laugh. Sometimes you just have to laugh and enjoy life. And this may be one of those situations. So what we have here, uh, if you can't see and you're just listening, is 
the pirate Bible. And no, this isn't actually a joke, though it is kind of a joke, but it's not actually a joke. It is a real thing. You can go and buy it today. It's it's the pirate Bible, um, and it is everything that you want it to be in the pirate Bible. It just... It just is. So this is a new this is a new translation of the Bible. It's released. It has the whole Old and New Testament uh, in in well pirate. <laughs> it's, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of this for you because it's just good. I may even do a voice. I don't know. We'll see how everything goes. But the, this pirate Bible is a complete translation of the King James version into pirate. Now. Um, the original books, chapters, verses, stories, or characters are there. This is according to the publisher. But the dialogue has been rewritten. This is a quote from them. To bring an entertaining, swashbuckling flavor to the pages. Each book of the Bible is included, guaranteed to bring a smile. Excellent gift for anyone who loves the Bible, but also enjoys a lighthearted take on the stories it contains. Now, I have heard that a lot of people were frustrated by this, and they're like, it's heretical. Yeah, I mean, maybe, sure. But it also is funny. Like, can we just... Can we just have a sense of humor and like admit that this is funny? Now, another piece of this that actually is a little bit concerning uh, because I've seen this not just in the Pirate Bible, but in others um, is AI. So I actually read another story unrelated to this that I'm working on talking about later in regards to AI, in regards to the metaverse, into into all this, because I'm, I'm processing through that and the theological implications of of using artificial intelligence and the metaverse in in Bible translations, in churches and whatever. And there there are people who are working on AI translations of the Bible. And I have concerns about that because I have personally looked at things like ChatGPT and it is very biased. If you don't know, I mean, this, this may be, I haven't really talked about this much, but if you don't know, ChatGPT is very, very biased. I mean, like very biased, if you didn't know that. So, and, and the reason is what you put in, you get out. Now, yes, it's an AI. Yes, it kind of does its own processing. True. However, someone programmed it to have responses, and then it adds on to those responses. More than not, by and large, the people who program these things and work in these industries are very, very liberal, if not outright leftist. So you can only imagine what comes out of it. I, I'm working on a on a podcast about that. I, I don't want to get too far into that right now, but it just suffice to know that AI is a little bit problematic in this. So this particular Pirate Bible, uh, according to them on the website, they said, quote, it's a translation completely using artificial intelligence and algorithm. And they worked hard to find a formula that produced true pirate-like speech while preserving the meaning of the original text, end quote. So <laughs> as you'll hear, I would say that's marginally what happened. <laughs> but... But because I have a sense of humor and because I think we can in this life have a sense of humor, I wanted to read for you a couple of these pirate examples because it's just funny. All right. So here is here is Isaiah 10 in in, in sorry, in the KJV, Isaiah 10 in KJV. Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people. OK, KJV. Here is the same verse. Isaiah 10, pirate. I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna go for it, people. So I, I hope you appreciate this. Arr, woe to them scallywags who decree them unrighteous laws and write out their own decrees full of sorrow and woe. Ahoy, me hearties. I'll I'll no be having any of this. Keep your mitts off of thee. I mean, tell me that's not good right there. Like that that's just good. And and you can say I might be pretty good at pirate. All right, we're gonna do 
Uh, I'll I'll do one more. I'll just do one more, and I won't. <laughs> You can you can look this up if you just search the pirate Bible. You can look at this. You can even buy one if you want. Again, again, please don't, please don't use it as your Bible study tool, please. But it is fun. I mean, it's a little bit fun. All right, one one more, one more. This, this is John. Uh, what is this? John ten eleven. This is the KJV. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now, I love this verse. Happens to be one of my favorites. I don't think you can see it in the camera angle right now, but I have Psalm 23 up on the wall behind me because it's one of my favorite visuals, one of my favorite um, metaphors for who God is because it explains so much. I won't go into that right now, but because we read this, John 10, we're going to read it in pirate. Here we go. Arr, I be the fine sea captain and the fine sea captain offering his life for the crew. I mean, okay, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's not the same. But just just go with me for like five seconds. It kind of makes sense. God is the sea captain that gives his life for the crew. I know it's not the same. Please don't call me a heretic. Like, I get it. I know, I know I'm not saying this is great theology. I'm just saying it's great pirate. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on from this because otherwise. I'm going to get burned at the stake or something. I don't, I don't know. We're going to be in trouble, but I, I just, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Now, um, I will say that they, they have received a lot of uh, hate for this, <laughs> maybe rightly so. But at the same time, what I also was told is they send you an included free, if you want to say KJV along with the pirate Bible. So I feel like they're doing good. I feel like, you know, like, Yes, it's silly, but maybe, maybe, maybe someone will read this pirate Bible as a joke and then go, well, what does the real Bible say? And then get to actual word of God. That's my hope. That's my prayer. Again, that's, that's probably, probably, this probably is a terrible idea, but, but I couldn't, I couldn't pass basically speaking pirate. All right, let's move on from there to something maybe more relevant because what we do here is we try to look at current events from a Christian perspective so that you can go and live out your faith wherever you are. And this is the important thing, right? So uh, as you go out of your house to whatever place you go, I want to equip you to be able to live out your faith because this culture tells you, and we go over this again and again and again, this culture tells you you're not allowed to do that. You can only have faith in your house, in your church, that's it. You can't have faith anywhere else. And that's not the kingdom of God. That's not what scripture says. That's not how Jesus tells you to live your life. That's not how God says, love him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. That's not only in your house, only in your church. That's everywhere all the time with everything that you have. And the vehicle that we're looking at to examine how you do that, how you live out your faith is through current events because you're just gonna run into these. And if I can explain it a little bit for you, I'll try. So we're moving to... Um, uh, an article that I found on Fox News. This is Representative Matt Gates from Florida. He was talking to Air Force Academy people uh, because they they have these new things that are uh, you know race based and gender based admissions and and their practices in military colleges and universities. Lieutenant General Richard Clark is one of the people in here. And uh, before I have a little video for you, but before we get there, I just want to show you this, right? So they put out this diversity slide that says diversity and inclusion is important to the United States Air Force and the United States Space Force is also included on this. Uh, and there's a whole big list of things that you need to be good at, or it's really not good at. It's things that you 
I don't know what to say anymore, people. It's things that you are, I guess. People of your gender, like uh, cisgender, transgender, non-binary, agender, bigender, two-spirit, blah, 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 LGBTQAIP, hashtag, plus, plus, dollar sign, squiggly emoji. They're all included here, and everyone is included except for, I know, you guessed it, those pesky white males. They're not allowed to apply for these scholarships, these programs, even though, as you'll hear in a moment, they make up a vast majority of those who enter the Air Force. Now, you can you can say that's not great, you can say whatever, but but the reality is that's just who wants to be in the Air Force. Um, I don't care who fights for us. I don't care what you look like. I care if you believe in America. I care if you, I mean, I would say I care if you believe in God. And I care if you carry that patriotism and sense of family and values, honor, integrity with you wherever you go, especially if you're defending someone's freedom, defending your country's freedom. Uh, I think that is the most important thing. I don't think diversity is the most important thing, but let's hear from the representative and this um, Lieutenant General about kind of how this goes and then and then we'll go from there. Diverse, because our sure, nation- So let's look at the population that actually makes up the, the, the fighting force frequently. Now we have more w men than women, right? 70, 30-ish? That's right. correct. And, and of the men we have, most of them are not transgender men. Most of them are cisgender men, right? Uh, yes, sir. But yet at our academies, we put, push something called the Brooke Owens Fellowship. Are you familiar with that? I am, yes, sir. And in that fellowship, it specifically says, if you are a cisgender man, this program isn't for you. So. You just said that your answer on why we, why we do such this, this full hug of these diversity concepts is because it's all about the fighting force that we draw from, but you, you're literally pushing a program in the academies that says, if you're a cisgender woman, a transgender woman, a non-binary, agender, bigender, two-spirit, demigender, what's demigender? Sir, that's a... Uh, that's a, a a term of the people that are eligible for that particular scholarship that yeah, is available person? to it's a person who looks at their gender in a in a different uh, a different way than I do sir well sure that's all so, of these people you're a cisgender man you don't even get to apply well do you know what Jenny demigender really means I, I'm not really sure sir right so do you know what a gender means all one word not a space gender but a gender uh, sir, I don't. Right, so here we are pushing a fellowship, calling for people that you don't even know what the words mean, and the number one group of people, the cisgender men, are excluded. Now, in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion, should we be pushing programs that we can't define that exclude the largest group of service members? Well, sir, first, that uh, program is not an Air Force Academy program. It's a program open to our entire country. Right, so but we you, guys, allow, you guys advocate for it within the academy. We allow our cadets to apply for it. Why are you allowing your cadets to apply for a program when you cannot define the basic terms of eligibility? Because it's an opportunity for us to develop them as warfighters, and we look for every opportunity but you don't even that know what we the can. Words mean. How can to, you use this as a way to develop the warfighters if you don't know what it means? Well, some of those those uh, terms may not be applicable to us at the Air Force Academy, but some are. But and but so, but if, well, if you don't know what they mean, it's hard to tell if they're applicable or not. So, yeah, 
So again, I mean, this this is an interesting story. He goes, you know, he says, "What is demigender, bigender, agender?" And this guy doesn't know. But we're saying, if you're in the Air Force, you should go to these programs that develop you in this because that's going to make you a good fighter. Is it? Is that what's going to make you a good fighter? Apparently, this Brooke Owens Fellowship that Gates was referring to is open to quote women and gender minority students in aerospace. Uh, end quote, according to its website. The eligibility requirements are, if you're a cisgender, transgender, non-binary, agender, blah, 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 this program is for you. It continues on. I mean, how can you use this? Oh, sorry. Uh, and, and so that is the description of the program. And Gates asks, how can you use this as a way to know and develop warfighters if you don't know what it means? That was the quote that I pulled out of it. And I think that's really the important quote. What are we sending our people to do? Like, is this really the the point that we put our military weight on? Is this what is going to make us the best military force? Um, and in combination, and and we've talked about this a little bit previously, but we know that military recruitment in all branches is at an all-time low. And it's because of things like this. Who's going to want to join this? Like, it's a super, super weird recruitment tactic when all you have to do is say, hey, do you love your country? Do you want to go fight for your country? And we'll teach you how to do all these skills. And the people, especially in generational service members, where their father and their father's father and their father's father's father served, will go, yes. But with stuff like this, more and more, they're saying no. All right, let's move on to electric vehicles because there are a couple of funny stories that are going on here and we just got to talk about them. So uh, apparently electric vehicles are just starting on fire in Florida. Apparently all over this is happening. Um, I, I, I've been looking into this a little bit, but especially with this Hurricane Idalia and uh, it, it made landfall, you know, a week or so ago in Florida, according to reports, at least two Teslas ignited after salt water from the storm surged, damaged the batteries and other electrical components. One vehicle lit up in Pinellas Park and another in Palm Harbor. Quote, Carfax says owners need to understand the fire risk doesn't go away after their EV dries out. The salt water that is flooding can get into the battery and dry there. And once it dries, it creates what federal safety officials call bridges between cells that can lead to fires. And those fires can come anywhere from days to weeks later. And once an EV catches fire, it's incredibly difficult to put out, said Patrick Olson of Carfax. End quote. Um, so that's a problem. If your vehicle was somewhere in relation to this saltwater Apparently, at any moment, it's just a ticking time bomb. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. It's not really funny. It's kind of tragic and, and ridiculous. But this is the place that we're in when, when we don't understand the full technology that we begin to use. After Hurricane Ian, 21 vehicles caught on fire in the state, apparently, which prompted officials to warn residents ahead of this last storm. They said, quote, we saw a number of fires associated with EVs from Hurricane Ian. We know the salt water from storm surge can compromise those batteries, causing fires which cannot be easily suppressed, end quote. Um, in other words, basically, once it starts burning, it does not ever stop burning until all of the fuel is gone. And there's a lot of fuel. Sometimes it takes hours and hours and hours for these cars to stop. 
quote, the best fire teams can do is keep water on the battery until the fuel burns out. They go on to say, quote, if you're evacuating and leaving an EV or other lithium ion powered device like scooter or golf cart in your garage, you are creating a fire threat for your entire home and your community. It continues on in the quote, take this threat seriously. If there is even a small risk of your EV being impacted by storm surge, aka saltwater, move it to higher ground before it's too late. This is so sad. One home that managed to survive Hurricane Ian ended up burning down because of a saltwater damaged EV. EV owners are also being advised to park affected cars at least 50 feet away from any structure that could catch fire. I feel like this is a public service announcement. I don't know what to tell you, people. I mean, I guess electric vehicles are cool, but don't have them near water. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but speaking of electric vehicles, we have, um, we have <laughs> Energy Secretary of the Biden Administration, Jennifer Granholm. Now. She wanted to show that um, that she was going to do a, a a trip across part of the country, only 10 hours. And she was going to take a four-day trip in an electric vehicle. This is a tweet about it. Here's a picture of her. Um, we'll read a little of this story. So she, she wanted to make a big show of traveling across the South from Charlotte, North Carolina to Memphis, Tennessee. It's about a 10-hour drive. But... Uh, she and her entourage were unsure about having charging stations, so they sent a gas-powered vehicle ahead to save her a spot at the charging station. This article shows that during the stop in Grovetown, Georgia, she, Granholm, and her entourage traveling in a caravan that included a Cadillac, a, a Ford Lightning, Chevy Bolt, found that there weren't enough fast chargers available. So, with one of the chargers broken and the others occupied, a Energy Department staffer parked a gas-powered car to reserve a spot. Now, just so we all understand what's happening here, they're doing a caravan of electric vehicles across the country, just a 10-hour drive. Because they weren't sure if they were going to get a spot, they sent a not-electric-powered car, a gas-powered car, some of us would just call a car, to park and block the parking spot in the electric charging station <laughs> so that when she pulled up, she wouldn't have to wait and could just run in and, and start the charging. However, this resulted in a family traveling with their baby on this hot summer day being blocked from using the charger. So the family, upset, called the police. The police, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but like, this is the real, you don't even have to, I think uh, in, the, in the tweet that we just saw here, I'll put this up again. The, the tweet that we just saw, uh, this is Savannah Hernandez. She says the jokes write themselves. <sighs> Aptly so. Like, these are, these are the jokes, people, but this is real life. So the police showed up, but didn't take any action because apparently in Georgia, there is no law against parking gas-powered cars in electric vehicle charging stations. I guess that's good to know. So uh, the energy department, trying to work all of this out, sent other vehicles to slower chargers so that there would be space for this family and grand home to charge. Then another guy... John Ryan, who had an electric BMW, said, quote, it's just par for the course. They'll get this together at some point because he also didn't have a spot. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, just as a, an aside and a connected story, last month, apparently Ford CEO Jim Farley said he got a quote unquote reality check when he attempted to charge his EV during a road trip across the American West. He said it took his car 40 minutes to get a 40 percent charge. 
The process of going to a gas station and filling up takes a fraction of that time. Yeah, it, it sure does. Then, of course, I just, this this is one of the ones that lives rent-free in my mind forever. Um, this is from a couple years ago, but this is this is a guy discovering what Tesla owners do when they run out of electricity in the middle of nowhere. Oh, there's a big problem. Tesla's an electric car, right? Yeah. yeah. Fully electric. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the gas is for then. Well, because you... So, if you're just listening, there's a guy... Just recording this other guy with a phone. The other guy, like a normal car driver, is just holding a regular gas can. It's got a gallon of gas in it. The question mark comes for everybody here in the guy we're talking to drives a Tesla. And as you know, they don't run on gas. They're electric. That's what we're talking about. Let's hear some more of this story. And if you're not watching, I mean, you may want to go and watch. Like, this one is just pure gold, but I'll, I will describe it for you uh, as we go through. If you're fully out, you got to... You got to charge it? Okay, juice it up. Sh- show me what you mean. Let's pop... Yeah, yeah. So, where's the gas going to go? Show me. So, basically, it goes in here. This is the... Wait, wait then... That plugs into here, and that... Okay, I just... I'm going to pause it again. <laughs> This is a Tesla. Guy's holding a gallon of gas going, hey, we need to charge this Tesla. And the guy interviewing, who we don't see, is like, I'm confused what you plan to do with this gallon of gas you have in a gas can and a Tesla. (laughs) So the guy opens his trunk. Sure enough, in the trunk of the car is a Honda generator. I'm not even going to play the rest of this clip. I mean, you know where this is going. But the point, (laughs) what I would just like to say is, you know, they make cars that you can just you can just put gas into. You can skip this whole you can skip this whole emergency gallon of gas to pour into an electric generator to plug into your electric vehicle to charge your vehicle. You just skip that whole middleman and buy a car that runs on gas, but hey, what do I know? What do I know? Probably nothing. All right, let's keep going. Um I I got one more story here and this one This one kind of comes home for me in theology because we talk a lot about theology. We talk a lot about Bible. We talk a lot about how um, if your world is not ordered correctly, then you really make weird decisions. And I get a lot personally, as well as other people kind of in in the theology field, like, hey, we don't believe in your sky daddy God, right? That's what people say. And that's that's ridiculous. Religion, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Nietzsche. Religion is the opiate of the masses. Uh, sorry, that's not Nietzsche. That was Marx. And um, and and so people have these ideas like well, you just can't be religious because that's just that's just ridiculous. No one believes in this kind of ridiculousness. We just believe in science, quote unquote. Hashtag trademark. We believe in science. Um, and yet, apparently, these super smart super smart technological minds that invent the best technology, apparently, that money can buy. Believe in other things? Let's take a look at this latest ad from our friends at the Apple Corporation. Welcome to Apple. Welcome to Apple. Hi, I'm Tim. How is the weather coming in? I'm Tim. 
Yeah, I'm gonna do the offices already carbon neutral thing, right? Yeah, all yours. We didn't keep you waiting. Mother Nature. Mother Nature, welcome to Apple. How, how was the weather getting in? The weather was however I wanted it to be. Let's cut to the chase. In 2020, you promised to bring Apple's entire carbon footprint to zero by 2030. Henry David Thoreau over here said we have a profound opportunity to build a more sustainable future for the planet we share. I think our 10 o'clock said the same thing. They all do. All right. This is my third corporate responsibility gig today, so who wants to disappoint me first? Well, we've got some updates we're excited to share. All right, so uh, we've got a lot going on here, right? But but here's what you have. You have a CEO-level meeting and all the heads of departments ready to meet with what, what events to be? Mother Nature. Mother Nature storms in. And if you were just listening, like if they, they have a clip out the window where the, the leaves are flowing when she's coming in and the sky darkens and she they ask her hey how's the weather and the the sky darkens again because she clearly controls the weather because mother nature controls the weather and she says the, the weather's gonna be whatever i want it to be because i'm mother nature obviously so these super sciencey people are like hey mother nature is very scary and at any moment might i guess destroy us all Let's look at one more clip from this. It's like a five or six minute thing. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I do want to play a little bit more first. As you can see, we've innovated and retooled almost every part of our process to reduce our impact on the planet. But there's still a lot more work to do. And there's something else we wanted to share with you. You're not trying to bribe Mother Nature with Apple swag. It's Apple's very first carbon neutral product. I just got to pause for a second and say bribing Mother Nature with Apple swag. I mean, that that is kind of funny. All right, let's keep going. Mm. I want to see you do more of this. You will. When? By 2030, all Apple devices will have a net zero climate impact. All of them? All of them. They better. They will. See you next year. Don't disappoint your mother. So, I don't, I, you know, I don't know where to start. Like, don't disappoint your mother. Like, and, and if you were just listening, right, the, when they stop talking, it's this moment where they're doing a stare down. I mean, they're just, they're just going, hey, there's a stare down and... Who's going to blink first? What's Mother Nature really going to say? Is she going to prove? Is she going to just destroy us all in that moment? I mean, that's the implication here, right? Uh, and then and then at the last second, of course, 
there is there is this clip where a plant that had, that had died earlier in the earlier in the ad came back to life. So she brings life. Like she is literally a deity that brings life to the world. That's who this mother nature is. Now, listen, <clears throat> I, I love the earth as much as anybody. I, I really honestly do. I hope, I hope that you can hear that from me and, and you don't think I'm, I'm just a climate denial or whatever, whatever they call people. I, I don't care. I do love the earth, but at what cost? My, my point is there's always a cost. There's always something. It's not just that doing these climate things that they want you to do have no earthly cost or no human cost, but this is the thing that they don't say. What is the cost? Not only are they appealing to a false god called Mother Nature, which is weird because, as I mentioned, they make fun of us for Sky Daddy God, but they give no, they give no inclination at all as to what the human cost is going to be. What is the human cost going to be? Can you tell me? And apparently, they're so focused on reducing carbon and, and energy and this and that, Nowhere in this ad or any other ad or any other publication that I can find did they apologize for the promise, uh, apologize or promise to change the factories in China, which use slave labor, sometimes child labor, sometimes Uyghur slave labor, or these rare earth minerals that they need for pretty much all of their devices coming out of the Congo, which use children in mine shafts. I didn't hear anything about that because that's not as cool or as funny or as weird as appealing to literal Mother Earth. Uh, it just makes this Hollywood superstar mother happy and all will be forgiven, maybe. And that's why I point out that that tense moment where, there, where Tim Cook is staring at Mother Earth and they're having this stare off because what is she gonna say? Is she gonna approve of all their changes? And again, I clipped out a whole ton of them saying all of the changes that they've done. And maybe those are great. I, I, I don't know, wonderful. Like if, if, it, if it is good, fine. But what's the cost of those things? And then, and then this idea of theology, right? When we're looking at kingdom order, there's this, there's this moment where they're staring and it's a long couple of moments where they're staring and the sense that the the marketing and, and and visual directors have given you is she might be angry she might still not be satisfied and what happens if mother earth is not satisfied well they showed the power at the beginning they they set this whole foundation to know that she controls the weather she controls the plants she controls i don't know everything so what happens if she's not happy with you and that's the implication. She's happy with Apple because Apple's done the right things. But what about other companies? What about you and me, like us little little people? She's apparently very unhappy with us. So is she just going to destroy us because she's unhappy? That's why they're worried. The beginning of this begins with them in this big boardroom and they're all just nervously going about, oh no, she's coming, she's coming. What's she going to do? Because they're worried because apparently they believe that she will eliminate them from existence or upsetting her. And I, I don't know, but this is just a miserable experience, a miserable existence, if it were. I know you're saying this is just a joke. Don't be so serious about this. Uh, OK, it's kind of a joke, but it isn't really. It, they actually believe that there is a deity or person or force or something that is angry with them if they don't cower in fear in front of Mother Nature or the world or the earth. And they prioritize the earth over humans 
If you don't see that in this video, I hope you do. I hope you can see through the layers of comedy, through the layers of really great filmmaking and editing to see that this is really their foundation. Whether or not it's an actual person, it's obviously not a Hollywood star, but whether or not it's an actual person or a force or a being or a presence or whatever, they really do believe that this is pagan earth worship. Like this is how they treat it. It's pagan earth worship. They worship the God of the earth. And if you upset the God of the earth by not doing all of the rules that the God of the earth has told you to do, you might be cast off the face of the earth or killed or the, the earth will swallow you up or weather will swallow you up or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what those consequences are, but there definitely are consequences. And even in this silly little TV ad, you see the fear the fear that they have of the consequences and no prioritization of actual God. And I'm going to go biblical because I just can't help it. And that's what we do here. And I'm going to point to the problem. The problem is their whole scope, their whole understanding of reality is wrong. They're just off base. They just don't understand how reality really works. And they think that by paying penance, by offering sacrifices to Mother Earth, in this silly little CEO, you know, boardroom video. But by actually doing that, which they actually are, and they're actually pursuing these goals, by doing that, they really believe they're going to make the earth, spirit, energy, presence, whatever, happy. And that's not the reality of life. That That's not how it goes. There's no way to make the earth happy because the earth is not a thing. The earth is a creation from the creator, just like you and I are. And to go really biblical, I've got Proverbs 9 open here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And this is where it actually starts. When you order yourself correctly, when you order the universe correctly, when you understand what is actually authoritative and what is just make-believe, then you can understand how to really live your life. And that's what we're talking about here at a bigger scale. How do you live out your faith? We have to understand the order of the universe. And if you believe that there really is a spirit energy presence in the universe that's angry at you for throwing a can away one time, you're going to fear the wrong things and you're going to make wrong choices. Again, don't hear me wrong. I love the earth. I think we should care for the earth, but the earth needs to be in the place of creation that's created by the creator, just like you and me. There is an order of the kingdom of God, and that's the order we need to have. And if you fear the mother earth spirit, you're going to do really weird things. Whereas if you fear God, you're going to be wise, which God tells us is the result. This command has a promise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you fear the Lord, you will acquire wisdom because that's where wisdom comes from. What happens here and often in our culture is people don't understand this order of the world and they get in trouble for it. You see that they have rightly oriented themselves beneath the higher power. They did this. They said, Mother Earth is higher than we are. The higher power is correct. We are under the higher power. We're just humans. We're not all powerful. That's obvious. They got that right. There is a higher power. Unfortunately, to those who have wisdom, you immediately see that placing yourself under Mother Earth is just silly. It's not an intelligent force that comes to business meetings and tells you whether you get to live another year or whether she's just going to kill everybody with a natural disaster or something. I don't know. I don't know what the threat is, but apparently they're all scared of it. This is just silly. But people apparently believe this because they're all acting like it's real. 
Instead, Solomon, the wisest man to ever live alongside Moses and David and Job and Paul, all tell us basically the same thing. Deuteronomy 14.23, Psalm 33.8, many Proverbs, Colossians 3.22, they all say the correct orientation to the world for us humans is not to fear random gods or random things or earth spirits or even other humans, but to fear God, as I mentioned in Proverbs 9.10. You can also read it in Psalm 56.11, Hebrews 13.6, and on and on and on. When we get our orientation right, we can make right decisions. We know who really holds the power and we're not swayed by paganistic rituals and these cultish values that they're trying to push on you. So as a dad, as a mom, as a family, as a church, as a community, we need to learn and teach and reinforce these biblical kingdom values as far and wide as we can. Otherwise, these wackos are gonna try and rule over us and I don't like the direction that they're going. So, for Church Public, I'm Matt Odegaard, and as always, I hope that you will keep the faith. If you like this, and if this was helpful to you, I hope that you subscribe, check it out, go to churchpublic.com, you can hit the notification bell, you can hit the like bell, you can do all of the things. I appreciate it all. Share it with a friend. And as always, thanks for stopping by. Keep the faith and we'll see you next time.